The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. I'm Joe Prince Wright, the lead writer and editor over NBC Sports' Pro Soccer Talk. Thanks for joining us on the latest episode of In the Mix Zone with JPW as we take you behind the scenes to focus on uh, what managers and players are saying deep beneath Premier League stadiums uh, this week. And, of course, we've had a really busy week in the Premier League. We've had Champions League action. Uh, all teams are playing across Europe. And I want to say the time of recording, it's now uh, Wednesday, the 11th of March, Uh, No Premier League games have been cancelled yet, uh, apart from Man City Arsenal uh, and that situation due to the coronavirus and COVID-19 outbreak across Europe. Obviously, a lot of Champions League and Europa League games being played behind closed doors, Uh, games in Italy totally postponed, La Liga is uh, in empty stadiums, Liga in France, different situations in the Bundesliga, so a very fluid situation. Uh, But right now in the UK, uh, games are going ahead. Premier League games are going ahead as normal, but with a lot of precautions in place. So I just wanted to make you aware when we're recording this. Obviously, we're all looking forward to the Premier League games this weekend. And you can watch all of the action across NBC Sports' networks, NBCSN, Big NBC, uh, from uh, Saturday and Sunday morning, early doors, uh, around 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time is the first game on Saturday. So let's dive into the latest episode of In The Mix Zone. And again, if you haven't listened before, I'm Joe Prince-Wright, your host, and we're taking a deep dive of what's going on behind the scenes in England as the players and managers meet with the media. Uh, And this is the exclusive content that maybe you haven't heard this week. So now you can catch up on who's saying what, who's happy, who's not. And yeah, as I said, it's been a really busy week for the Premier League, all things considered. Okay, the first game we're going to focus on in the mix zone this week is Liverpool's 2-1 win at home against Bournemouth, which inched them closer to securing the Premier League title. And yes, don't worry, we will break down and react to their uh, shocking exit from the Champions League at home in extra time in dramatic fashion against Atletico Madrid. But first up, let's remember what happened against Bournemouth last weekend in the Premier League. Uh, They fell behind early doors with a VAR goal, potential push on Joe Gomez by Callum Wilson, who ended up putting Bournemouth ahead. But then Liverpool came roaring back. Uh, First half was one of their... Best displays, you'd have to say, in recent months. They've been limping a little bit towards uh, the Premier League title. Obviously had a great season so far, but uh, Bournemouth hung in there. Um, Then Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah struck in very quick succession to put Liverpool ahead. And they hung on just about. James Milner come on and did uh, what James Milner does does best. He didn't give up, did he? Uh, Goal line clearance in dramatic fashion late in that game to get all three points for Liverpool and move them even closer to the Premier League title. So without further ado, here's what Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool's manager, had to say after their big win at home against Bournemouth to keep them on track for a record-breaking title win. <laughs> oh, it was in good spirits, let me say like this. I, I was absolutely happy about um, the result, the three points and the performance um, because I, I knew it would be tricky for different reasons. I think the decisions of the ref around the goals made it even more tricky for us, obviously. Um, and 
We had wanted to fight back before the game, and after that we had to fight back. And what we played after being 1-0 down was exceptional, to be honest. Um, in this moment, when it's not that... I don't want to be made big, but in a moment when uh, you have to fight back for the momentum, and then you get it, obviously you get a decision like that and a goal like this, um, I think there were teams in the history of football which would then um, slip in the boys today direction I loved, I really loved and we, we fought hard, played super football, the strikers played really good together and, and were connected um, we had um, good passing behind we had two super situations um, pass from half space one for for more for Millie, I think, and one probably Ox for Trent, where we could have scored more goals, had other situations. We didn't score then, that's okay. Um, and second half, we controlled the game, but then the biggest chance in the second half was obviously um, was obviously Fraser's chance, where Millie saved our life. Um, that helped massively, I really think we deserved that today. Um, and we had moments, but didn't finish off, but the, the, the the attitude again, the reaction on the different knocks, um, I liked a lot. So um, after the final whistle, I was really happy. So Jurgen Klopp, they're obviously very happy with the reaction from his Liverpool players. And uh, it's been very tight in games this season. But battled back and, and won a lot of games late on and in pretty dramatic fashion. And Liverpool have had 14 one-goal wins in the Premier League. As we said, they're edging towards the title now. They're limping over the line. Had a few bad results for that first defeat of the league season at Watford. Uh, were dumped out of the FA Cup by Chelsea, obviously. Uh, lost against Atletico Madrid home and away, so they're out of the Champions League as well. Uh, but James Milner was kind of alluding to it after the Bournemouth game when he was asked about the performance and here's what the uh, Liverpool veteran had to say after his wonderful goal line clearance, which uh, preserved another win for the Reds late on. Yeah, just find a way to get that result, I think. Obviously, you want to get the performances where they are. And you've seen spells today, you've seen spells in the last couple of games where there's been parts that have been good, but others that haven't um, been so good. So that's down to us to, to work on that and improve. But it's not down to lack of effort and you know it's, it's impossible to play at highest level a full season without a couple of poor performances and, and you know it's like that in any sport people try and peak and so you know it's the same in football you never got you're always going to have an iffy spell in a season it's how you come through that and, and and find a way to get results in that time so we need to get back to our level of performances that we know we can produce as quick as possible but and um, the boys are working incredibly hard and so there is this sense around Liverpool then that they are limping towards the finish line. They're going to win the Premier League title. Obviously, it's a case of when, not if. Uh, but James Miller there said they're a little bit off it in recent weeks. And pretty much since the winter break, they have been up and down, haven't they, with some of these defeats across three competitions. But the big thing for me is that Liverpool, they start to play a little bit better against Bournemouth. We saw that in spells against Atletico Madrid. They were definitely very unlucky to be on the losing side there. But the big problem for Liverpool they haven't really had under Jurgen Klopp is that they're not scoring as many goals as they were earlier on in the season they're not blowing teams away they're not making the most of their dominance and all the chances they're having uh, and against Atletico again let's focus on that Champions League defeat uh, Salah, Mane, uh, Firmino all had a lot of chances obviously Firmino finally scored at Anfield but didn't count for anything in the end and then Allison being out injured uh, James Milner talked about it as well some of the big injuries uh, that they have not having a world-class goalkeeper, that really came back to bite them in the backside against Atletico because Adrian made a really big mistake just after Liverpool went 2-1 up in extra time. That was costly. They never quite recovered from that. And now the reigning European champions are out of the Champions League. Yes, they're going to win the Premier League, going to break all kinds of records they already have. 
of course, with that uh, 22nd straight home win in the league to set a new top flight record. So they're going to do that. It's going to be a wonderful season. But this Liverpool team, they are running out of steam a little bit. Jurgen Klopp seems to be increasingly annoyed with some of their performances. Uh, and now it's all about can they finish the season strongly or are they just going to get over the line and then kind of ease through in the final weeks and months of the season. They won't want to. These players are very proud. Uh, but of course, it will be interesting to see how Liverpool play in the final months of the season because uh, some cracks are showing defensively, but more importantly, going forward, uh, they just aren't finishing chances off against teams. So, uh, yeah, that was a Liverpool perspective. Let's focus now on Bournemouth. They played really well. Some encouraging signs ever Eddie Howe. Obviously, they drew against Chelsea before this, narrowly lost at Liverpool. And let's listen to what the Bournemouth manager had to say after the game at Anfield because his side is still embroiled in that relegation battle. Uh, the good thing for Bournemouth was not a lot of other teams picked up points at the bottom of the table last weekend. So it's pretty much as you were in the relegation battle, but it's going to be a massive scrap for the Cherries between now and the end of the season. And Eddie Howe, he seems ready for it. Yeah, at the moment, I'm feeling an element of both. So I'm very pleased that the last. I think it's six games we've been a lot better in terms of our overall performance we look like we're back to creating goals being a goal threat having a having a really good look about the team a good feel about the team I've been happy with that um, but ultimately as you say at this stage of the season with the games running out is about points and I'd take points over performances so um, but what it does do it can only give us heart and confidence for the remaining nine games that we we have the team to, to stay in the league now we just have to go and prove it. So there you go, fight and talk from Eddie Howe there. Bournemouth, of course, have Crystal Palace this weekend in the Premier League. You can watch that uh, across NBC Sports from 11am Eastern Time. And for Liverpool, well, the big one on Monday, 4pm Eastern Time, they head to Everton at Goodison Park and potentially, potentially, they could win the Premier League title in the backyard of their bitter rivals. Of course, they need Man City to slip up against Burnley and then and then win the game themselves at Everton. So a lot of things have to happen for them to win the title. That would be sweet for Jurgen Klopp's side and would, of course, have a, a, a nice finish to the week after uh, losing at home to Atletico Madrid and really uh, being very unfortunate there because Atletico Madrid weren't at their best, but they had Jan Oblak uh, pulling off saves galore in, in goal for them. Uh, Andy Robertson hit the bar. Liverpool came close, but then they were hit by two... Quick counter-attacks, and obviously that mistake by Adrian didn't help either. But all in all, they can end that week in sensational fashion by winning the Premier League if some things go their way. But Jurgen Klopp uh, won't be too happy right now. Uh, Liverpool, uh, yes, they are limping towards the title, but it looks like they're going to get it done. They got it done against Bournemouth. That was a good win. But it'll be intriguing to see how they react from that Champions League exit. The reigning European champs are out of the Champions League. And now next up... They face Everton 4 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN next Monday. So that will be appointment viewing to see if they can win the title, if that possibility is there. Next up within the mix, we're going to talk about the big Manchester derby win for Man United. They beat Man City 2-0 at Old Trafford. Pretty convincing in the end. They made the most of their counter-attacks, were clinical. Man City had a lot of the play, but were very disappointing defensively. A lot of problems for City and Guardiola. And if you had to look at the back door that he lined up with... All four were probably second choice, weren't they, at the start of the season? 
with Otamendi and Fernandinho having a bit of nightmare at centre-back, Zinchenko not having his best out and at left-back, he was eventually replaced. And then, of course, Cancelo was okay at right-back, but still, you'd have to say, Carl Walker is probably the first choice there. So Edison had a mistake that allowed Bruno Fernandes to clip in a lovely ball for Martial for the first. And then the second one, uh, obviously late on, uh, United wrapped up the victory in style as Scott McTominay scored. Uh, after another mistake from Edison, which is very unlike him. Uh, and yeah, that wrapped up the massive victory for Man United as they go to Tottenham this Sunday, which you can watch uh, live on NBCSN on Sunday morning. Big game in their top four hopes as they look to get closer to Chelsea. Uh, and all of a sudden, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side have momentum, which is a great thing at this time of the season. But focusing first on Man City, Pep Guardiola, a lot of stuff going on obviously in recent weeks. It looks like they're now solely focusing on the Champions League with that big second leg against Real Madrid coming up. But Pep Guardiola, he actually thought Man City played pretty well at Old Trafford against Man United. So let me know what you think about these comments. It is kind of standard for Pep to come out and praise his team uh, quite highly after a defeat. He always seems to do it, tries to keep confidence level high. But uh, I don't know if I quite believe him uh, when he's saying that this is how well Man City played in the Manchester derby. We played really well. Our position again was good. We found the, the, place, the players in the right position. And be in the position with the right moment to attack them. And we were right there. We missed a little bit to be a little bit more aggressive in the first half. In the second half, it was much better. It's not easy to attack. Seven strong players defensively well. And we had one mistake to punish us in the counter-attack and run with James and Martial. It was not easy. But in general, we play really well. So yeah, Pep thought the Man City played really well. He said that over and over again in the uh, flash media interviews in the tunnel. Then when speaking to journalists in his press conference, said that over and over again to so many different outlets. And I don't agree. I mean, I think the City were off the pace a little bit. Yes, they created some good chances. Sterling had a good chance. He just missed late on. They certainly looked a lot better when Mares and Gabriel Jesus came on, but uh, they missed Kevin De Bruyne and his creativity. But as I said, there was defensive issues there. Uh, no matter how much of the ball they had, they never looked quite comfortable enough. United always looked dangerous on the counter-attack. They're now beating Man City three times this season. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is becoming uh, a bit of a a bogeyman for Pep Guardiola because United with their counter-attacking style it might not be to everyone's taste but it's working really well they have a clear plan a clear identity defensively they're getting better all the time another clean sheet uh, with De Gea playing well this week after a few mistakes recently Maguire uh, coming back from injury playing really well Wan-Bissaka looks brilliant. Luke Shaw as well. Uh, and that sort of 5-3-2, 3-5-2 system working really well for United. Uh, and you have to say Solskjaer is a happy man right now, and rightly so, because United have hit good form at the right time of the season. So here was Solskjaer's reaction after a big Manchester derby win. And this really did feel like a statement win for Manchester United, didn't it? Well, I don't know. I, I, we feel that we're improving as a team, as a squad, as a group together. We, we feel uh, the fans, they, they want us to do well and they, they see what we're doing. So uh, we're getting better and better, but there's still we're still fifth. There's still points to, uh, to catch from Chelsea and Leicester. So we need to keep plugging away. And one man who kept plugging away was substitute Scott McTominay, come from the Man United Academy. Of course, he is a Man United fan himself. Came off the bench, scored that wonderful goal late on to make the most of Edison's error. Wasn't an easy finish, was it? Curled it home from about 
40 yards out to send the Stretford end of the whole of Old Trafford. Well, at least the Man United fans wild. Uh, and this is Scott McTominay's 4 into after the game. Listen to this. Absolutely love this because the interview area at Old Trafford is in the tunnel area between uh, the two locker rooms. Uh, everyone's walking around. A lot of activity. A lot of fans nearby who start chanting Scott McTominay's name when they realise he's getting interviewed and you hear United players celebrating and cheering uh, as well. So a lot of jubilation at Old Trafford and here's what Scott McTominay had to say afterwards. My goodness, he was a happy man. Moment, how beautiful did that feel? Yeah, obviously that was that was such a sweet moment, especially in the game where we could have done with another goal, goal early on to finish the game. But no, credit to the boys who top draw today. We had a sticky first 15, 20 minutes, but you see how much it means to the boys winning the derby again. So three times this year. So what we have to keep going is it's a game where we have to take confidence from. But what the coming weeks we have to really go go for some proper results and keep this run going. It was a lovely finish, instinctive. Did it just fall right for you? Yeah, I read the goalkeeper, so you sort of give yourself half a chance because they're obviously rushing and uh, you get there before Mendy so obviously it was such a beautiful feeling in front of our fans in like the last nine minutes so no can't get too carried away but we've got to keep going and, and obviously keep keep pushing for Champions League It seemed to have cranked up a notch or two what did you make of the atmosphere today? Yeah it's special every every game at Old Trafford is special but these games your Liverpools your Arsenal's your Man City's they're very very special atmospheres and it's a credit to all these fans through the thick and the thin of this football club they're there every week and, and it's a real credit you know because you know, <laughs> You know, it's special, and obviously for me, it means a, means a lot. Even fans just singing your name, one or two people, never mind a whole shirt for them in the old Trafford. So, no, it's beautiful. Is there a newfound resilience, a newfound belief about Manchester United right now? Yeah, you can see with the run of games that we've been on. Obviously, I've been injured for for two months, and in myself being injured, I was desperate to get back because I can see the progression of the team. And just to come on and help the boys today was was a pleasure. And obviously, I'm fighting for my place. Everybody in this team is not guaranteed a starting spot, and everybody has to keep working every week. So, for me, that's one of the most important. Things keep on, we'll keep your feet on the ground and keep keep pushing forwards. We've we've won a game today, fantastic, but it's the next one and the next one after that. I absolutely love that clip there. You can hear the United fans singing Scott McTominay's name. He had a smile on his face as he was talking to our partners, Sky Sports, in the tunnel area. And he talks about winning the next one. The next game, of course, is against Tottenham Hotspur, a trip to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in North London. And this is a massive game for United because if they win this one, they can pretty much end Tottenham's top four hopes in the process. They'll go seven points clear of Spurs. Again, against their former manager, Jose Mourinho, and a lot of the United players will have something to prove to him, of course, they will uh, but Scott McTominay really sums up uh, this young United team obviously delighted to beat City but you look around this side now Martial stepping up as a number nine we mentioned Wan-Bissaka he's been brilliant in recent weeks going uh, forward as well as all his great defensive work uh, and then you have other players coming in like Luke Shaw Matic they've been written off many many times but they're standing tall and of course have to finish by mentioning Bruno Fernandes lovely assist for Martial's opener uh, having a great run of goals and assists for United in all competitions. Uh, and he settled into life really well in the Premier League. So it's full steam ahead for Manchester United. And you can watch them play against Tottenham. Big one this Sunday, 12.30 Eastern time on NBCSN. And see how Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side get on that they can keep this unbeaten run going to end the season. Switching gears slightly, I just want to mention Tottenham quickly. We obviously 
Uh, they're playing Man United. We mentioned that earlier. Bad week for Spurs. Hammered at RB Leipzig in the Champions League. Lost 4-0 on aggregate to be dumped out of the Champions League at the last 16 place. A lot of issues there for Mourinho. Obviously, no wins in six games going into this game at home against United. A lot of injuries. Kane, Son, Burvine is the latest to go out injured. Uh, and Mourinho really is struggling to patch things together after replacing Maurizio Pochettino. So, uh, after their recent draw at Burnley, they dug deep. Uh, he changed a few things around at halftime after they fell behind. But this is what he had to say about Tangi Ndombele, who really has been in and out of the team a lot. Mourinho's questioned his mentality and his character, it seems, about maybe some injuries uh, and other things going on. And this is Tottenham's record signing, don't forget, who came with a big money from Lyon, uh, was Pochettino's big man in midfield, was meant to be that next Moussa the Dembele sort of replacement. Hasn't worked out like that at all. And Mourinho was scathing when talking about Ndombele. Uh, it kind of tiptoed around the subject, but we all know who he was talking about. And I'd be shocked to see if Ndombele plays for Tottenham anytime soon under Mourinho. He might have to because of the injuries, but here's what Mourinho had to say. For my players, a big challenge, uh, especially to their body, to their soul, to their hearts, uh, playing after two hours of uh, uh, football and coming here against uh, a fresh team really really hard for them uh, we had to make decisions about uh, the team I trusted uh, some players to to give the team what we need uh, energy and quality and uh, and freshness um, I didn't get um, the answer from from all of them so at half time I had to go to go back to the ones that um, I know I know they perform, I know what they have to, to give and we change the the game completely. So I'm I'm really pleased with the with the attitude, I'm really pleased with the with the spirit and uh, of course the result is not the result that we that we want and we show clearly that until the last second that was not the result that we want. So as you're clearly for you you've made changes at half time. Do, do you think that the, the two players that came off they were the ones who weren't performing? I think uh, one is a kid of 19 years old, uh, and there's a kid that played fantastically well last um, last Wednesday uh, for two hours, and um, I thought that um, the incredible accumulation of minutes of Harry Winks really needed that um, that rest, and I thought the kid could uh, could do the work. He was not bad. He was not bad, and he's not a kid of 19 years old that has the responsibility to to be the point of um, of connection um, from Tangi, of course. Um, I think he has to have, with the quality he has, he must have more um, more responsibility in doing uh, to the team what the team needs from a, a midfield player with his, with his quality. So there we go, Mourinho chucking yet another player under the bus and Tangi and Dombele. It's been a tough first season in English football for him, of course. Not sure this is going to help out, but Mourinho obviously thinks it will. Uh, but tough times for Tottenham going into this big game against Man United. Oh, how Mourinho would love to get one over his old team and keep Tottenham's faint Champions League hopes alive. But it will be interesting viewing, for sure, in North London as Solskjaer and Mourinho lock horns this weekend. So I wanted to finish on that because... I think that is one of the most interesting pieces uh, of reaction from managers or players this weekend in the Premier League. And in all fairness, Mourinho is just reverting to type. He's had this kind of nice guy, relaxed demeanour for a while now. But when push comes to shove, it seems like he's ready to shove someone under the bus. And that was Tangi and Novelli this weekend. Could be someone else. 
next weekend uh, and let's see how things unravel all repair themselves at Tottenham but always going to be an interesting time for Spurs wrote someone about it on Pro Soccer Talk this week what next for Tottenham where do they go from here and certainly half of this team needs to be replaced defensively in midfield a lot of problems there and that's what they have to sort out get a solid platform and base to build from and then Mourinho knows he'll have Son uh, Kane Bervine coming back in the summer from injuries so going forward I think they will be okay long term but they have to sort out these defensive problems just like they had to under Pochettino but he wasn't given the money to spend in the right areas by the chairman Daniel Levy so intrigued to see if Mourinho uh, can really overhaul this Tottenham squad and if he's given the time to do this because I don't think we can really properly judge him until the end of next season on the job he's done at Tottenham so interesting times and make sure you watch uh, NBCSN this weekend as Tottenham hosts Man United in a big battle between two giants who really need to be in the Champions League next season. And talking the Champions League qualification, that segues us very nicely indeed to talking about Chelsea, their big 4-0 win against Everton. Uh, I'd call it a shellacking, try and use that word whenever I can, but yeah, wonderful display from Frank Lampard's side. Uh, 4-0, Billy Gilmore, Billy the Kid, whatever you want to call him, uh, unbelievable performance again. Two man-in-the-match displays, back-to-back. First against Liverpool in the big FA Cup win at Stamford Bridge. Then a few days later, he really dictated the tempo in a very, very comfortable win for Chelsea against Everton. Don't know what that says about how good Chelsea are because Everton were woeful. We'll get to Ancelotti's comments on them in a minute. But Chelsea, they seem to have found a formula by hook or by crook. They sort of, a uh, lot of injuries, a lot of players coming in and out of the lineup. But Pedro, Willian, Giroud, Mason Mount, uh, all played really well on the score sheet, a lot of those players. Uh, and of course, like so Ross Barkley in midfield with Gilmore pulling all the strings. He's so small, he's such a, a slight lad. But uh, Scotland have already called him up to the under-21 team. A lot of people saying he should already be in the full national team. But maybe Steve Clark there is trying to wrap him and Cottonmore a little bit but what a star this kid is remember writing someone on him years ago seeing some videos and clips when he was at Rangers Academy a lot of teams Barcelona United City Chelsea were all chasing his signature went to Chelsea he's already in the first team set up and he looks the part looks so composed it was his first Premier League start it looked like he had 200 appearances in the Premier League. So what a great week it's been for Gilmore. And here's what he had to say after the game as he ran the show against Everton in a big 4-0 win for Chelsea to get them back on track as they cemented their spot in the top four. Yeah, this week's been really good for me. Uh, two wins and uh, another man in the match and my Premier League full debut. was uh, amazing size, but we played really well today. And it was a good game, so three points and we keep looking forward. Any nerves going into either of these two games you played this week? Uh, more excitement so it is uh, to get this opportunity uh, from the gaffer uh, but it's it's brilliant so it is uh, coming out of the pitch playing in front of the fans uh, and winning is, is amazing so it's uh, been a good week Tremendous performance from everybody today it was a comprehensive win really Yeah everyone played really well and Armando and Tino coming on making their, field, uh, their Premier League debuts is brilliant as well so to get minutes uh, for them was good uh, but everyone today played uh, played a real part they defending Kepa from Nets and we had everyone worked hard and stuck to the plan and came out and talked. Just just give us an idea if you can, how big a step up is it, the difference between playing FA Cup against Liverpool, Premier League against Everton from what you've been playing in the past? 
because it doesn't look like one. I'm not trying to flatter you, but you look like you're just just taken to it. No, you need to trust in yourself and your own ability on the ball. Uh, that's first, uh, and then you have to start thinking about the game. So when you go to the game feeling confident and exciting, uh, you just need to keep it moving, keep it simple, and then when you start to settle into the game, and then you can start hitting the longer passes or try to play more forward passes or shooting. But no, uh, it's been really good. So has and I've enjoyed this week. And you've got a manager who knows a little bit about playing midfield. <laughs> yeah, uh, wouldn't be bad to be like that. Uh, scored amazing goals, but no, uh, the gaffer has been brilliant with me, giving me a lot of encouragement and trust to go and play in these big games. So there you go, a very happy Gilmore there. See what I did? I could not wait to say that. Uh, I had that lined up all week. Uh, and Frank Lampard, his manager, was very happy as well. Chelsea uh, back on track. They got a game against Aston Villa, uh, which you can watch on Saturday from 1.30pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. Here's what Lamps had to say about Chelsea finally putting together a dominant display where they took all of their chances because anybody who's watched Chelsea closely this season will tell you they're playing really well, just haven't been finishing off chances when they've been creating and they've been punished in plenty of games. That wasn't the case against Everton. Chelsea were absolutely ruthless and Lampard, he loved it. It's collective, isn't it? Because um, when you pick a midfield like we picked, particularly that area with you know youth and players are very forward-thinking as the two eights in our team. You, you kind of do worry about you know, the defensive nature of the game, but we were spot on every part of our game, not just the midfield three, but the team, the attitude, the focus. Um, and to be honest, we played at that a fair bit at home this year, but what we haven't done when we've been playing that, like that is score goals. We haven't had that last bit, which is the unpredictable bit, which is a hard bit to sometimes put your finger on, a bit of quality. Today we had it, um, but the overall performance is brilliant. Can safely say that Everton were not brilliant, even though uh, Chelsea were, obviously. And Carlo Ancelotti was a frustrated figure on the sidelines on his return to Chelsea, of course, led Chelsea to the Premier League and FA Cup double uh, about a decade ago now, wasn't it? Uh, was an unhappy return to West London for Carlo. Hasn't had many unhappy games in charge of evidence so far. Has really turned their season around from being relegation battlers to safely in mid-table and now trying still to push for Europa League qualification at the end of the season. But uh, Ancelotti, he pretty much summed it all up, didn't he, in his post-game press conference. And let's listen to what the Italian coach had to say about Everton's display. Ah, what did they go wrong? Uh, everything was wrong. From the first minute until the end, I think that we were not in the game, we were slow, we were uh, without, um, um, we were not compact, and so it's difficult to say something because everything was wrong today. So we have to to be focused, to try to, to analyze the game, uh, what we did wrong, and uh, to look forward. And looking forward for Everton, they don't need much motivation for their next game, do they? As we said earlier, uh, they play Liverpool, they host them uh, at Goodison Park, 4pm Eastern Time on Monday. And the motivation doesn't get any bigger than Everton that uh, if they lose the game, Liverpool could win the Premier League title on their own patch. They don't want to do that. Obviously, other results have to go Liverpool's way. Uh, But Everton, they would love to be a spanner in the works for Liverpool's title push and delay it at least for a few more weeks. So no doubt Everton will have better days. Chelsea were brilliant. Billy Gilmore is a special, special talent. And we'll certainly be seeing plenty more from Billy the Kid in the years to come.
Okay, that does it for the latest edition of In The Mix On with JPW. Thanks for joining me on this trip around the Premier League grounds as we've heard exclusively from uh, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Everton, Chelsea, uh, Jose Mourinho as well. A lot of great reaction, a busy, busy time in the Premier League. And of course, to all of you, enjoy all of the action across our platforms on NBC Sports, wherever you're watching from, across the world and the USA this weekend. And I'll speak to you from another mix zone very soon indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 